Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going? You're back and you're, you're not vacationing this week. Not vacationing, no no trips, no, uh, no RVs, no beach, no anything, just hanging here in Wake Forest. But it is it was a great uh, holiday week, and so nice time to be here. Yep, we got to have an update on the Declaration of Independence reading. How did it go? So it went well. Um, you know, uh, there was a little bit of eye-rolling. And by a little bit, you mean a lot? Yes, but everyone sat for it, and I do need to admit that um, I, I want to give credit where credit is due. Um, the last few years, Mary's been the one that hasn't been as interested in it, and she's 13. And I happened to notice that she had, had was looking at her phone, and I stopped and said, if you are texting, I'm going to start over at the beginning. And felt like that was a really creative response. And then she turned her phone around and she had pulled up the declaration on her phone and was reading along with me. Oh, I bet that made your heart swell. Well, it did. I felt such like pride as a mom and then such personal shame that I had said, (laughs) you're texting when she wasn't. And she was actually reading it. I was very, uh, but I was very tickled. And I think she was really happy to show me that, you know, I was wrong. And, and that was kind of fun. So anyway, they, they listened and stuck it out. And I really appreciate it because I know that, I know that they're young and it's like, seems kind of boring, but I don't think they'll forget it. And that's part of the point. All right. Thanks for the update. We had a great 4th of July uh, holiday, Independence Day as well. And also, I watched the Capitol 4th, I think, for the first time. I think I've caught bits and pieces of it before. But you and I were texting back and forth while you were watching it. And I was watching it here in uh, Nashville with my family. We were just kind of hanging out. And I enjoyed it, except for a couple of the performances. It was pretty good. Well, every year there's always some ups and downs. And um, I think I had mentioned to you because I uh, I was excited because I knew you had not ever seen it. So when you, you sent that message and said, hey, we're watching it here, um, I thought, well, that's, that's cool. Um, we're spreading the tradition around everywhere. And I think Brent Leatherwood yeah, from the, the ERLC, ERLC. He, uh-huh. he put on Twitter that they were, that it's a family tradition for them. Um, but I, you know, every year some acts are better than others, and it's always the like the Broadway stars that do the best job yep. because they just do such a great job with the patriotic songs, and uh, it's just a it's just a fun thing. And then I get excited when they start the eighteen twelve overture at the end, and it's just j- just a great just a great event. Well, Yolanda Adams stole the show for me, Christian artist yeah. Yolanda Adams. She was fantastic. Yeah, I thought she, she was the job. highlight of the night. So that w- that was my take on that. So and anyway. and John, St- the host is everything. John Stamos, John Stamos, did, a great Stamos job. did a very nice job. The man does so. not age. No, he doesn't. Oh, I did think it was cool that he played with the Beach Boys. You know that they were yeah. there and he was uh, playing the drums, and so that that was pretty fun. Um, so that was great, and we did some fireworks uh, here. Um, with some neighbors and had a, a great time. So it's just a really fun, just a fun Independence Day. All right. Well, very cool. Well, we got some updates in the SBC this week. But first, uh, before we get to our news, 
I want to thank our sponsor, equip.sbts.edu is your source uh, to get a free copy of Essential Reading on Preaching from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary's new resource, Southern Equip. Go over there to see all the things that they've got at the new site, equip.sbts.edu, all your practical tips and tools from ministry and articles uh, from Southern authors and authors from around the web. So uh, check that out over at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and Boyce College's website, equip.sbts.edu. And uh, Amy, we're going to jump into it this week. Got some big news out of Oklahoma uh, regarding Hobby Lobby and the Museum for the Bible, kind of intertwined with uh, the Green family and everything. But uh, they're in a little bit of hot water this week with the Department of Justice. Yeah, so this was uh, a story that I, I say hot water. I mean, they've, they, I believe they've settled. So it's closing. It's closing an investigation. So this is from a purchase uh, back in 2010. So it's been going on for a while. Um, and the the story, we've got the Baptist Press story. We'll put it in the show notes. It's clear that um, there's no criminal liability in this. Uh, so this was with the Department of Justice, but it is a civil settlement. Um, but it's over uh, several artifacts from dealers who didn't, who weren't clear about the origin. So they had paid a lot for some cuneiform tablets and, and other things. Um, but probably as they said in their statement, um, they said we should have exercised more oversight and carefully questioned how the acquisitions were handled. So it comes back that, that some of the things were not necessarily, um, appropriately acquired uh, from the dealers. So now, you know, they're having to deal that they're forfeiting uh, 50 over 5,500 artifacts uh, and then paying a, a $3 million settlement. So, you know, this, this is big news. I know that's a tough, uh, tough week for them. Um, and, uh, they, they've done, put a lot into the museum of the Bible. Now I, I did read, uh, that these were not connected. These items were not necessarily planned for, um, to be displayed at the museum of the Bible, uh, but it is just kind of all connected and that that's something they're a major sponsor of yep. and, and things like that. Yeah. And uh, 5,500 artifacts, that's a lot. All right. Number one, uh, yes. it kind of makes you realize how grand a scale uh, the display at the Museum of the Bible is going to be. I mean, th- th- this is a serious, serious collection uh, for them. Yeah. You know, and uh, but we'll kind of keep track of this. Museum of the Bible slated to open later this year, so we'll keep you updated on this uh, throughout the year. If uh, anything else comes from this story, or you know, related to the Museum of the Bible as opening day uh, approaches. All right, Amy, got some good news. It's the first of the month. You know what that means. CP. All right. It's 5.96 above the projected budget for the year. And actually, we're ahead of last year's pace because of the big $3.1 million gift given by the Florida Baptist Convention from the sale of its property. Uh, That was included in this month's grand total of $19.6 million uh, for the CP allocation budget. And this is the second highest CP month since January of 2012. That's pretty incredible. Five and a half years. Um, Wow. I mean, that, as you mentioned, a huge part of that is the, uh, the amount, the check from Florida. Um, But what a great example they were in that. And uh, really, 
Uh, 5.96%. That's just great. Uh, uh, particularly at this point in the year because there's only a few months left. Yep. And we've only got three months left. We're three quarters of the way through the fiscal year. Uh, we're about $3 million above last year's total at this point. We're a little over $150 million. Last year at this point, we were at $147 million. So even if you took away the $3.1 million, we'd be pretty much right on par with last year's budget giving. So that's a good thing. I know we've talked a lot about the CP. There's been a lot of discussion about that this year, uh, from escrowing to uh, the slow start we had in the fall. But, you know, at the end of the day, it looks like things are better than they were at this time last year. And, you know, even without that big gift, like I said, we're still right on par with last year's giving. Yeah, fantastic. All right. Some uh, sad news down in New Orleans. Uh, the father of Rhonda Kelly, who's the wife of Chuck Kelly, president at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, Bob Harrington passed away this week from kidney failure. He was 89. Yeah, um, and he was known as uh, the chaplain of Bourbon Street. Uh, so he, he was a um, a very tireless evangelist um, in New Orleans, and so that's kind of where he got, got that name. Um, had a, a really great, uh, just fascinating story. You know, and he had some challenges. There were some real ups and downs uh, to his story. Uh, but ultimately, the, just a real testimony to uh, the grace of the Lord. And uh, I, I had a chance very randomly, I, I can't remember if I've discussed this here or not, to have sort of a a short couple of days, uh, mini road trip with uh, Rhonda Kelly, long time ago. Mary was a baby, so it was 13 years ago. And I thought about that this week because when we were riding in the car from Nashville to Louisville, she told me all about her father and about his, his story. And I remember her saying he was known as the chaplain of Bourbon Street. So as soon as I saw that headline, I knew exactly who this was. And uh, when she told me about his story back then, um, I thought it was just amazing. And, uh, you know, same today. So our prayers are definitely with um, the Kellys, but then also uh, with uh, her sister and the rest of the family, the grandchildren um, as well. Exactly. So. And uh, we've got a couple of updates, Amy, to, to give. We, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the 7th Metro Church up in yes. Baltimore, Annie Armstrong's uh, baptismal church, I guess you could call it, in 1869. The church had been facing a tax lien of $6,000 on a water bill, and there's an update in there. And it, you know, the pastor, Ryan Palmer, is confident that they'll be able to save the historic church uh, from a developer attempting to buy it for pennies on the dollar through a city auction. They need to repay that $6,000 water bill plus some other fees and update some pipes and stuff. they got a GoFundMe page uh, that has been established. They're seeking to raise an additional amount of money to repair leaky pipes and the subsequent water damage that has resulted from uh, some of the piping in the church. Uh, so all the information's in the Baptist Press story there, but wanted to pass on that update to you. Also, Amy, it's the first anniversary today, uh, the day the podcast re is released, of The Ark. The Ark is one year old. And you still have I not still made it. Gone. Well, the tickets haven't shown up in the mail. We're going to keep talking about it. I can only do we're, so much. We're going to keep talking about it. And I, I don't know if I want to go right now. It sounds pretty crowded. On a giving day, they said about 10,000 guests visit one of the attractions up there. There's the uh, the petting zoo, the Ark, uh, Answers in Genesis uh, Museum as well. So there's a lot going on up there. They said they had more than a million visitors the first year, which is just staggering That's to me. incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty hot, Jonathan. It's a lot of animals. So... I think I'd probably wait until... So wait till the fall, maybe? 
Yeah, cools right. off and okay. stuff. That's a good call, probably. Yeah. Right. And they're, they're going to be slammed this weekend. This weekend is the uh, NASCAR race up in Kentucky. So uh, just up the road. And I, I know that a bunch of the NASCAR guys last year took their families. So I, I know that's kind of part of the, the road trip for the Kentucky Speedway up there in Sparta. And um, people bounce down to the Ark in Williamstown. So just a, a part of the thing. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, so we're waiting on those tickets still. Excellent. Well, best of luck to you. I hope that they I hope they make it. Yep. Hopefully. All right. Finally, uh, just n- not really a news story, but just a, a good story I found this week in the Alabama Baptist about uh, how the Alabama Baptist Children's Home went above and beyond for a couple of twins in its care. Uh, just uh, one of these stories that kind of remind you that a lot of our state conventions have children's homes and the good work that they do. Uh, we talk a lot about pro-life issues in uh, on the show here, and it, it's not just, you know, abortion. It's not just refugee care. It's, you know, also children's homes. These are great ministries for state conventions. I, I know a lot of state conventions have these, and just a, a good reminder this week in the Alabama Baptist about the work that they do. Yeah, this is, you're right. This is a really neat story. Um, it's about some uh, some twin uh, girls and just uh, what throughout their life, uh, what the Alabama Baptist Children's Home did uh, for them. And uh, essentially, I mean, the title is it went above and beyond for twins in its care. And it's really just their story um, about all that uh, all that was done, how they were taken care of, how they were, uh, you know, just just given the basic needs, but then also how their house parents poured into them and and helping them transition into being adults, you know, just just all of those uh, all of those things. And then one of the girls uh, was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis at the age of um, 19, but accomplished, you know, f- finished um, college and a uh, master's degree, everything. And, you know, a, a strong young woman like that, you know, only comes from being uh, poured into and it, it it's because of the the great work that the Alabama Baptist Children's Home uh, had done you know for me I hear that story and I think about the Georgia Baptist Children's Home who uh, was really instrumental in um, one of my mentors Charlotte Aiken uh, because that's where she grew up uh, was in Georgia Baptist Children's Home and um she is just an amazing and incredible woman. And so uh, there's a lot of great work that is done through these ministries. All right. You are correct there. And uh, if you if you have a state uh, that has a children's home, uh, I would encourage you to, to support that if possible. And we also had a, a motion this year at the annual meeting about children's homes and widow care and orphan care and, and different things like that. So we'll, we'll see, you know, there's more discussions going on about this ministry uh, you know, on, on a convention-wide basis. So uh, it's good to see that. Great story in the Alabama Baptist. Uh, encourage you to check that out. All right, Amy, that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, we're going to go to 1952, and this is going to be something in, in uh, kind of some Lifeway history. Uh-oh. Um, Sullivan Tower. Yep. No, not <sighs> Sullivan Tower. Um, this uh, July 3rd, in 1952 was the day that Arthur Flake died oh, um, at age 90. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so he was kind of the first major uh, 
leader. He was the first leader of the Sunday school department yeah. there at Lifeway. Um, and uh, he became, uh, he, he went into that role in 1920 um, and just did uh, some incredible stuff. He uh, had been a traveling salesman. Um, had entered the uh, department store business, was in Mississippi, and then he led uh, the Winona Baptist Church to form the first training union there and was the church's Sunday school director. And then he was so good at it that the uh, Sunday school board hired him as a field worker in 1909. And then in Nash, um, excuse me, and then in 1920, he was asked to move to Nashville uh, to head up the Sunday school department. Wow. Um, so he, that was kind of the, the main contribution of his life. But in 1952, he died in Memphis. Uh, his, his funeral was going to be there in Memphis with, uh, Harold Ingram and RG Lee. Oh, wow. Um, From Bellevue. Yeah, convening over the service. So I've got the Baptist Press article here. Um, it talks about how he had this plan. It was like a five-step plan. Um, no possibilities in large organization, provide place, train workers, and go after them. Um, but in, uh, I also have included in 2005, um, David Francis, uh, who is there at Lifeway now, did a, a book that was basically, um, it's the five step formula for Sunday school growth. And Flakes he formula. took, yep. yeah, he took the, the, um, the five steps and, uh, sort of made a book out of it. So it tells a little bit more about him, a little bit more of a biographical sketch in the beginning. And then, uh, goes through all the different steps and probably in a bit more of a modern day um, perspective as well. Yeah, but it so. gives you, yeah, yeah but it, <laughs> yes, definitely. But it gives you a nice uh, perspective on him. So I've got the, the story uh, when it actually happened, they published it on that day. Like it's the July 3rd um, issue of Baptist press. And it said, you know, he died in Memphis today. So it was uh, very immediately sent out to, churches all over the Southern Baptist Convention. And uh, then I've also included the link to, you know, a, a, to a PDF of that booklet by David Francis. So you can kind of see some of Arthur Flake's legacy. So even though that may be a name that some people don't recognize, uh, it, he most definitely had an impact on Southern Baptist churches and on the denomination as a whole, because he really was, as the um, headline says, he was a pioneer um, for Sunday school in uh, in the SBC. So uh, he we we lost him, um, but his legacy lives on, and it all happened this week in SBC history. Yep, he's kind of famous around the office. I mean that that name yes. Arthur Flake. I mean that's somebody I've I didn't know when I got to Lifeway. But I know yeah. all about him now. But you know about him now. Oh, yeah. yeah Dr. Rainer and talks about him all the time. Yeah. And here's the thing. I mean, it wasn't like he was president of the Sunday school board. He was just, he was like the main Sunday school director. Yeah. Um, so you got to remember, I mean, that's, you know, maybe second tier or mid tier or whatever. But he made such an impact um, with his innovation in that area that uh, he is most definitely remembered um, in the areas of Sunday school, church growth, things like that. Yeah, and whenever he was here, he would have been over pretty much the main cog in the Sunday school. Board. Right. I mean, the, oh, sure. the stores came a little was, bit later and, and right. the other resources and things like that that came a little bit further down the road. But had yeah. it not been for him and how he grew the Sunday school area, 
would have never been able to fund the rest of the ministry that Lifeway did yeah. you know, in its in its history since then. So pretty um, incredible. Very, very cool. So all right. Well, thanks for that, Amy. That's going to bring us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is a new book by Jared Wilson, uh, The Imperfect Disciple. Fantastic book uh, from Jared. He's one of my favorite writers out there. I read everything that he writes, actually. And uh, I would highly encourage you. Uh, it's the best book I've read this year in 2017. So uh, go out and get that book. You will not be disappointed. Jared's fantastic. So Amy, your resource of the week is? So my resource is actually a list of resources. Okay. Um, that, that's kind of cheating, Amy. I know, I know. But I was very excited to see this this week. Uh, so I'm sharing a link to a post that ran at the Gospel Coalition this week. And uh, Justin Taylor, and uh, who's a publisher at Crossway, and Nathan Finn, um, who's now a dean of the School of Theology yep, and Missions at Union University. Yes, and a great friend of the Whitfields. Uh, they're going to be co-teaching a PhD seminar here at Southeastern in October. And it's on uh, the history of fundamentalism and evangelicalism. So what they did is uh, put this post out here that just is sharing all the books. So it's got the required books that everyone will read, um, essays in some books that everyone will read, and then some books that are going to be assigned to individual students. So, I mean, when you look at this list, you know, don't freak out and say, oh, my goodness, they have to read all of these books. How will they ever do it? They'll, you know, they'll assign some to individual students. But I immediately looked at this list and went and and uh, pulled, you know, every single one that I didn't have and uh, added it to my, you know, sort of Amazon wish list so that I can go back later and pick some of these up. It's a great comprehensive list. So people who are interested in um, church history and specifically uh, Baptist history, because there's a lot in there that that focuses on Baptists um, a little wider than that, but really focuses in on our history as well. Uh, check this out. Go to the link, look at the list, see what you have and don't have and add a few uh, things to your library. Well, I'm, I've read one of these, so I'm ahead of somebody, I'm sure. You've read one? Yeah. Care okay. to take a guess? Um, Glancing through the list? You should be able to spot it quite easily. I don't know. Barry Hankins. Oh, did you read that? Yeah. Uneasy in Babylon. I, we haven't talked about it. Oh, well. We're going to have to discuss this because yeah. I've been recommending you read it for well, a long time. And I read it, like you said. Excellent. Um, well, I I read that one. I've read Molly Worthen's Apostles of Reason, um, and there are a few others in here. And then there are a few that I had that I haven't gotten a chance to read yet, and then a bunch that I'm adding to my list. I, I noticed Barry Hankins is on here a couple of times. He's uh, quite a well-known Baptist historian. Uh, yes. The, the J. Frank Norris book looks absolutely riveting. I, I would read that. I, I might have to check that one. Out that story, it. that story gets me every there's a time. There's a lot going on with that guy. So uh, I know that I that know. one. That one I might have to get that one. Just I didn't know there was a book on that, and it's by yeah. Barry. I've got another one of Barry's books, so we have to check that out. All right. Yes. Anyway, um, enough of that. That's a lot of books, and and um, wow, have fun with that, Nathan Finn. Y'all, that looks like a fantastic class, actually. So um, yes, I'm not a PhD student, so I won't be taking it. Maybe I should tell them that I just need to go in and like cover, you know, do some social media, but then just, I was just sit in the back of the room the and, whole time. And not do all the reading that's required? Well, 
not in the same time frame that everyone else, <laughs> but I could do a lot of the reading, but don't have to answer any questions, don't have to turn in any papers, just get to sit and listen. Yeah, audit the PhD class and just listen to the discussion. That would be fascinating. Well, someone needs to monitor it for communication purposes. Yeah, probably, I mean, you know, so. it's, it's, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. All right. Yes. Yeah. All right. So check out the list, especially history lovers out there. Yeah. So if, you, if you're a big fan of evangelical history and fundamentalism history, this is a, a heck of a reading list. All yes. right. Uh, well, once again, thanks to our sponsor, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and their Equip website. Check it out at equip.sbts.edu. Amy, I know you only have a few weeks left. Got about a month, month and a half left till things kick off for the fall. I'm sure things are getting kind of cranked up over there in Wake Forest. Yeah, it's kind of like the calm before the storm. So uh, we have a lot to do uh, to get ready for the new school year, but there's nothing happening right now. So it's very quiet. Uh, and it seems, you know, kind of like nothing's going on. But the truth is we got a list that we're just working through all the time. But it is good to not have tons of things on the schedule right now. Yep. It's the, uh, the, the summer is like the duck on the water where from the, the surface, everything looks like still and calm. But you look underneath yes. and it's paddling away, going crazy. Yes. That's the summer yes. at the seminary. That's it. Well, Amy. We uh, didn't have a whole lot of news this week. We'll see what next week will bring. But until then, we'll see you next week. See you next week.